Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show, 704-570-1110. It is great to be with you here today as we are in uh, total and complete uh, warfare in, in Washington, D.C. for all intents and purposes. Uh, Hunter Biden decided to make an appearance today at the uh, committee hearing involving his contempt of Congress We'll have uh, details on that. Simultaneously, Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas, your favorite cabinet member and your head of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, he is uh, the subject of a an impeachment inquiry that I think is probably going to end up happening. I think, in fact, I am willing to go out on a limb and say that they will impeach, they will impeach Mayorkas before they actually get the contempt of uh, Congress designation for the uh, the son of the president. Uh, you know him as Robert Hunter Biden. Um, this is a very interesting time to be alive and to be in talk radio. No doubt about that. It's also a very interesting time to, to look at some of the crazy sound we have uh, that is happening. And that's what makes everything, you know, so much more fun. One, I want to open with something that I think is is interesting not urgent, and it's this weird back and forth. And I, I got to be honest with you, I don't watch the late night comedy shows because they don't do comedy anymore. I, I don't know what this is. It's 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 just an extension of CNNNN and uh, an extension of MSNBC and ABC, CBS, CBS, ABC, uh, NBC, whatever it is. Um, it's 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 just your nighttime indoctrination opportunity. And so Jimmy Kimmel got a swing taken at him by uh, Aaron Rodgers when the Epstein list was coming out. When the Epstein list was happening, he uh, he, he made a, a passing reference about uh, Jimmy Kimmel possibly being on the list or something. Uh, he wants to find out if he's on the list. And it's turned into a back and forth, a fight, a back and forth deal. Um, Aaron Rodgers attempted to clarify what he meant when he implied, I mean, I, I think it was implied adjacent that Jimmy Kimmel might have been on Epstein Island. Uh, this is his attempt to clean up on uh, cut 23, please. Go. I said that a lot of people, and I'm quoting myself here, a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't come out. End quote. I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. So for him to be upset about that, I get it. Did you watch the quote? I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with absolutely zero evidence, uh, concrete evidence. It, that's ridiculous. You know, I think it's impressive that a man who went to uh, Arizona State and has 10 uh, joke writers can read off a prompter. So there, that, that, that's, that's basically what was said. Now, apparently, 
Uh, this original comment that that was made was uh, on the Pat McAfee show, a show that seems to be kind of uh, warbling. Um, there was reports uh, in the last couple of weeks that they're not retaining ratings numbers. Like when you have the ESPN lineup beforehand, they're not retaining the viewership. Um, and I, can, I guess I could understand that. I mean, you, know, you think about the Pat McAfee show, and it's a very specific kind of a show. And I don't know people are just sitting there watching it for, what, two, three hours, whatever it is that, that it's on. He makes $87 million a year, whatever it is. Um, he makes like Aaron Rodgers money. Uh, and and so I guess I guess ESPN got the hook, and they told McAfee, you can't put him on anymore. Uh, he's done for the season. So this is all just like a huge mess. And the thing about this is, is why the hell, pardon my language, I know it's afternoon. Like, why would, like, who cares what Aaron Rodgers thinks about anything other than football? Like, I, I don't need his opinions, COVID, non-COVID, whatever it is. You're supposed to throw the football. You got hurt on a play and a half of the very first game <laughs> after getting a bunch of money. You got McAfee money and then you got hurt. And you were going to come back and everything was going to happen. I I don't understand. This is why, in all seriousness, if you're going to talk about current events, have a brain. Have a brain. You'll note, you'll note the Winterbull show here does not do humor on pedophilia. Like, that's just, that's not a funny topic. That's not a topic that anybody enjoys hearing about, laughing about, contending that, you know, whatever it is. It's just not we talk about the stuff that matters that's important. But, but you know, it's part of the zeitgeist. It's part of the conversation that's out there. Just like all the stuff that they're doing now on, uh, on Chandler from, uh, from Friends. Now all the dirt's coming out on him about how much he was doing in terms of drugs and in terms of uh, all these controversial things. And this takes me right back to Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden came into the Congress today he um, it wasn't exactly spontaneous because he has Secret Service protection and the Secret Service showed up about an hour before the contempt hearing began. And what you ended up with was people going, hey, hey, hey what's with the Secret Service? Check it out the room. And so here came here came um, his uh, his soul brother. That's that's what he calls his best friend there. Uh, Kevin. Uh, what is it? Kevin Corrigan or whatever his name is. Uh, the guy who lent him a ton of money. Uh, his lawyer, Abby Lowell, was there and Hunter Biden was there. And so they, they they're 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 coming in and they're sitting there and they're watching the festivities. They're watching things and how this stuff is all uh, playing out. And let me tell you something here. This is really quite something. Uh, Nancy Mace. Congresswoman from South Carolina, man, she made headlines today. She made headlines. Let me give you cut number 19, Nancy Mace, and some of the stuff that was said at this hearing that got completely out of control. Um, First of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman... If the gentlelady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's 
take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Interrupting me. I, I'll interrupt the you chairman. You keep interrupting. Um, and then at the uh, conclusion of all this, another woman, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, cut 21. She had a few things to say, and Hunter Biden ran out, scurried out of the out of the chamber. Gentlemen, time's expired. Chair, recognize Miss Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here <laughs> oh, I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Burst their bubble. Wow, that's too bad. <laughs> so, basically, we just talked for the last nine minutes about entertaining stuff, stuff that's entertainment. Politics is now entertainment. News Talk 1110993 On Twitter, if you need me, uh, you can get me X, Twitter, whatever it is. You choose, you choose your label. You know what's going on. 704-570-1110 uh, at Winterville Show. Okay, so here was the uh, run-up. Here was the run-up to the throwdown between Nancy Mace and Hunter uh, Biden. So Hunter Biden comes in. He sits down in the room. Uh, he's, he's sitting with his, uh, with his cohorts uh, you can see the picture of them. I, I posted it up uh, on my Twitter feed. Uh, actually, it's it's like a uh, it's like a really warped uh, version of uh, Mount Rushmore. And so you, you look at these uh, three guys. Nancy Mace is just going at him. Cut number twenty, please. Uh, T.J. Go. Um, in doing so, you know Hunter Biden broke the law. He did so deber- deliberately. You did so flagrantly. You showed up on the Hill on the Senate side the day of that congressional subpoena to defy it and spit in the face of this committee. That's what you did. The question the American people are asking us is. What is Hunter Biden so afraid of? Why can't you show up for a a congressional deposition? You're here for a political stunt. This is just a PR stunt to you. This is just a game that you are playing with the American people. You're playing with the truth. Um, Hunter Biden wasn't afraid to sell access to Joe Biden to the highest bidder when he was in elected office. He wasn't afraid to trade on the Biden brand, peddle influence, and share those ill-gotten gains with members of of his family, including Joe Biden. He wasn't afraid to compromise the integrity of the presidency and vice president by involving Joe Biden in shady business deals with our foreign adversaries. But Hunter Biden, you were too afraid to show up for a deposition. And you still can't today. Um, I believe that Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now because it wasn't long ago, two of my friends on the other side of the aisle um, that you also believed in the, the power of a congressional subpoena. Not long ago at all, you believed in holding those who refused to comply with congressional subpoena accountable. And I stood with each and every one of you. I am the only member in this room today who has held a member of my own party in contempt of Congress for not showing up for a subpoena. And I see nothing but complete hypocrisy on the other side of the aisle. The ranking member of this committee even so eloquently put it, the lesson is please tell your children out there in America, if you get a subpoena to go before Congress, go. You have a legal responsibility to do so. So the hypocrisy is stunning. What are we to tell our children today? There's nothing the other side can say with a straight face. As the only member of this committee to vote to hold a member of contempt of my own party, 
Let me be clear, this should not be a partisan issue. If Congress issues a subpoena, you show up, period. This is not a responsibility we take lightly. It brings no joy for us to do this, but the president's son broke the law and must be held accountable in the same way anybody else would. I urge my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to do so. And my last message to you, Hunter Biden, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. She had a lot of uh, good hot takes uh, for, for Hunter Biden there. And here's, here's what's going to happen. And this is the theory that is going around in the uh, in the Democratic Party uh, sort of chat chat people. Um, The contention is that the real target of the Republicans in the House is Alejandro Mayorkas and that they're going to go into overdrive to uh, impeach him and attempt to remove him from office. Now, Chuck Schumer and the. Uh, the, the wayward Republicans and the Democrats in, in the Senate will probably protect uh, Alejandro Mayorkas because um, the Peter principle is being enacted. Uh, but at the same time, the strategy for people in the House is going to be a continued investigation into uh, President Biden and uh, Hunter Biden's uh, deals that, that he was cutting and that they will not bring impeachment charges per se. They're just going to have an impeachment inquiry from now until probably the end of the election. And so that is what is being speculated about inside the uh, Democratic caucus at the House of Representatives. And, you know, I'm going to let you hear some stuff from two attorneys general who make it very clear the damage that Alejandro Mayorkas has done to Oklahoma and Missouri. I think if you have a uh, extra large uh, baggie, it'll work with duct tape. Whatever it needs to contain. 704-570-1110. Hey, uh, good news coming coming out. Some good news coming out. North Korean dictator is warning South Korea of annihilation. Well, I mean, it's good for it's good it's good for Kim Jong Un. Why is every serious question? And I'm throwing this out here to you. I need you to workshop this for me, okay? Why is everything going badly? Why is everything going badly? We, we've got like, what do we got? Four, four wars at the same time happening. I watched the video uh, this morning when I got up of the, the, the terrorists that took over the TV station in, in Ecuador. Uh, they, were, they, were, they, put a, they put a stick of dynamite in a guy's jacket pocket. I mean, where did the chaos come from? And I don't believe it's Donald Trump. I, I, I really don't. I, and I don't believe it's COVID. It's not, everything's not COVID. Everything, the world has gone nuts. The world has gone nuts. And I, I don't know how it is that you can put, put things back together. So North Korea's Kim Jong-un has warned South Korea that it could potentially be annihilated. Kim is making sure that his military has enhanced capabilities, but also says these are for defense purposes only and that he'll only strike if uh, South Korea strikes first. Uh, According to a report by Russia TV or RT, uh, Kim's remarks came shortly after South Korea evacuated 
civilians from Yangpyeong Island accusing Pyongyang of firing 200 artillery shells into a maritime buffer zone off its west coast on Friday. And by the way, you still have questions about Lloyd Austin. Do we have a secretary of defense? What is his condition? Is he able to lead the military? What is happening? How is this working? I don't understand this. Uh, th- this, is, this is a serious problem. This is a serious problem. Because you've got Ukraine and Russia. You've got the Iranians leading this war uh, against Israel. You've got uh, the Hezbos uh, in, in their aspect. You've got the Houthis in their aspect. Now you've got China getting a little bit more aggressive. And now North Korea. What's next? I hate to even ask the question. What's next? This is, this is a, pretty, a pretty frightening reality. And I don't want to bum everybody out and freak you out and make you feel weird. But, I mean, these are the sort of things that like, we kind of have to be warned about. Now, your vehicle, in case you didn't know this, is already spying on you. And now they're going to start installing ChatGPT in new Volkswagen models. Why do you need ChatGPT in a Volkswagen? First of all, why do you need a Volkswagen? Wait a minute. Why do you need a Volkswagen? Why do you need unt Volkswagen? Und the chat GPT? You got Ramstein music playing? What is going on? Why are we doing this? Courtesy of the end of the American dream. Be careful what you say while driving your vehicle because you're being watched today. We live in a giant surveillance prison in which virtually everything that we do is being monitored, tracked, recorded, and analyzed. In this day and age, you should just assume that nothing you ever do is private. Well, duh. What are you, new? When I was much younger, if I really wanted to have a private conversation with someone, I thought that taking a long drive with that person was a great way to do it. Leaving them out in the woods and then coming back three days later. No, I'm kidding. Um, they thought that that was a great way to do that. But those days are long gone unless you have a vehicle that was manufactured quite some time ago. TJ, do you have a manufactured vehicle that was made some time ago? Uh, it was actually made last century. This so, is really you know, awesome. I'm loving, for me. I'm loving this because it can't spy on you. It's true. It can't spy on true. you. Um, in fact, a report that has been released by the Mozilla Foundation. Mozilla? Godzilla? Is it Godzilla? Is that this is cousin? Could, could that is it that song Godzilla? Larry Curly and Mozilla. Oh wow! Uh, wow! You just killed the show. The show is dead, DJ. Oh. Wow! Wow! Okay, you didn't really kill it. You just wounded it. You wounded it. It's gonna be uh, laid up for a couple weeks, but. But that was really good. Uh, That was spectacular. Um, If you're wondering which gadgets have the worst user privacy practices, it turns out the answer may be parked outside. According to a report published by the Mozilla Foundation on Wednesday, cars are the, quote, official worst category of products for privacy. The global nonprofit found that 92% of the reviewed automakers provide drivers with little, if any, control over their personal data, with 84% sharing user data with outside parties. 
According to Mozilla, automakers are gathering all sorts of data on us. Car makers have a long list of personal information they say they may track, including your employment, your purchasing history, your education, your internet browsing history, your location data, your music, your podcast listening habits, your immigration status, your religious and philosophical beliefs, and health information. How are they getting this information? How do they do this? They're probably listening in on our phone calls. Hey, yeah, it turns out it is an infection. I, uh, yeah, I got to stop by the, the store on the way home and pick up some meds. That's the last time I ever do that. I mean, what? No, it's just weeping a little bit. I, I think I'm going to be all right. I, I'm going to get some uh, bacitracin and put that on. Yeah. Yeah, I told my boss I, I was sick. I'm not really coming in today because I'm going to go. I'm going to watch the checkers play. And, I mean, <laughs> do they, they now have everything. They know everything. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Every day on my way to work. What do I listen to? Rod Stewart, every picture tells a story. That's not really true, but I mean, can you imagine there's people who do that? There's people who do that. Yeah, uh, Siri, play the final countdown. I mean, why are the cars tracking us? I need a car. I want a Model T. I want a Model T or a Model A. Yes, I do. And I want one of those giant bicycles that you always see the uh, people from the 1800s riding with but the tiny wheel and the giant Your wheel. legs are not that long. As, no, as a fellow short-legged man, that is... We, we you, don't call ourselves short. We call ourselves fun size. Okay. Fun size legged man. See, that? that's weird. Now, if you and I were that's talking weird. about this, if we went and got in our cars and talked to each other, see, your car wouldn't know what you were saying. That's true. My car would know. And then I would suddenly get home. And there would be literature left for me. Right. Do you have Do you have fun size leg syndrome? Would anyone like to purchase a vintage, last mm. century mm-hmm. built mm-hmm. Uh, vehicle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, less yeah. than three hundred thousand miles. Like less that. than less than. By the way, TJ, when you're back in that market, both Nissan and Kia are noted to allow the collection of information regarding a user's sex life. Oh, wow. Stop doing that in the wow. car. Taxi cab confessions. <laughs> what are we doing? Here in the back of the Kia. Son of a gun. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Huge shout out to my good friend, Dwayne, and the great people over at uh, Woody's Auto Service uh, over on Dobie's Bridge Road. Got a flat this morning. Got a flat this morning and got it squared away. Really good, really good guys. And uh, I, I got to tell you that I just, 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 I'm just saying, I'm just bragging is all, okay? Uh, because you know what happened was it was dark, it was dark, and so I got the air pump out and I connected the air pump to the to the stem of the of the tire, and I plugged it in and I fired it up. And I'm like, wow, this thing's been going for a while, and there's no, there's no action in this wheel. And then I was like, okay, I gotta take it down at 
five thirty in the morning and drop it off and the whole thing. Anyways, it was they, they're great, man. Uh, Dwayne and his team are amazing. Uh, so I just wanted to shout them out because these are my friends, and we had a great conversation, by the way, too, about all the politics and the stuff that's going on in the country right now. Here's the deal about this. Uh, we got uh, Coach uh, Matt Doherty's going to be joining us here in, in just a little bit. Lloyd Austin uh, acknowledged that he has uh, prostate cancer. And we found out that Joe Biden just found out yesterday with everybody else who who found out. And what's interesting about this whole controversy is this. Um, What else do we not know? Like, what else do we not know? Tommy uh, Tuberville, somebody who is uh, of some repute in the world of college sports. Tommy Tuberville, now a senator, was blocking all these... uh, was blocking all these nominations, and he was getting uh, hammered uh, over that. And what? guess what happened? Now now he's saying, yeah, uh, Lloyd Austin should be fired because he didn't disclose what was going on. I, I'm, I'm going <clears> to <throat> say something here, and maybe you're going to think I'm going soft and, and that I'm, 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 not a, you know, I'm not a tough guy or anything like that. I feel like, and maybe you want to disagree with me, and that's fine. I, I feel like... Like, the man's got prostate cancer. Like, why are we, I mean, yes, he should have told people. But I don't feel good about about blasting a man who is battling cancer. Like, I feel like that's mean. Okay? Wait till he's done. Wait till he gets a clean bill of health. Do all that sort of stuff. And then you can hammer him. Okay? But I feel like if you got sick, it's not your fault. He didn't do something. It's not like he had a, like a DUI and he crashed a car and then they kept it secret. And it was really the man. The man was in the hospital. I mean, it's you know, you think about this and you go, well, he's in the hospital. He had an infection. I mean, this is this is like serious stuff. We have to remember that we're all human beings here. I mean, they're part of the party, the partisan, the, the, the partisan policy. I don't even know what that word means. The partisan, you know, the partisan pollination, whatever cross pollination, whatever it's got to be. Um, I think we can be human beings to each other. And there's exceptions. There's exceptions, and you know who they are. Oh, yeah, here, now I'm going to get blown up. I can see it. I can hear the, I can hear the fuses being lit. You know, you know in that moment when you're going to send that mortar up on New Year's Eve and you get real close with the, with, with the lighter, and it just goes, and you're like, i got to get out of the way. Pop. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. Alexa, play the final countdown. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital. Oh, it, it is tricky. It can be tricky at times. It can be tricky. Now, have you ever found something to be tricky, Coach Matt Doherty, but then figured it out faster than you thought you would figure it out if, if, if the trickiness wasn't uh, there? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a Rubik's Cube, and I still haven't figured that thing out. Oh, me neither. I, I can't, That's I tricky. Can't. That is tricky. Right? I used to take it apart. <laughs> take it apart and then rebuild it? Yeah. yeah it, That's it, cheating. It, yeah, so, you know, what? what's... Uh, 
You know, I don't think so. I'd like to. I'd like to think that something I felt was tricky, I figured out pretty quickly. But I don't. I don't. Nothing comes to mind. Do you have a, a, a standard by which you say, okay, I just got to put this down and then come back to this later because I'm getting very frustrated because it's tricky. <sighs> or do you just keep at it with the hammer and the nail and the whole deal? Yeah. No. Usually, I'll put it uh, on the side and maybe never go back to it ever man 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 after my own heart right that's i mean i got things like mm-hmm. you know a, a friend of mine used to say uh, touch it once right they used to be more efficient and like you know you open up something you're like Ugh, like i don't want to have to deal with that and yes. you put it over on the side mm-hmm. and it just stacks mm-hmm. to the point where it gets outdated Stacking. and then you're like uh, okay stacking's no good that's no good. Unless you're stacking Benjamins. Now then, 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 then that's all good. Right? There's nothing but good right, right. there. Absolutely. Uh, a question for you really quick uh, before we um, dive into some of the politics and the things like that today. we got a great guest, by the way, coming by in the 5 o'clock hour. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the battle uh, there with Israel and uh, the Palestinians, etc. Um, your, uh, your assessment of the win by... Uh, the coach at Michigan, your thoughts Jim on Harbaugh. that game, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, has his stock gone up? Is listen, it possible that he'll come here? What are you thinking? Yeah, I, you know, listen, um, I think he wants to go to the NFL, just just my gut, right? And I think he really would have looked to go to the NFL a couple of years ago. Um, and now I – understand he had a 125 million dollar contract on the table hadn't signed it um so there are some jobs open mm-hmm. in the nfl mm-hmm. does he want to get back in um you know he's been the, he's been there before had success with the 49ers and just did, went sideways with the front office so you know i i would say look at nick saban nick saban tried the nfl didn't have this great success, mm-hmm. went back to college. The thing about college, you know, you get to draft at the top of the draft every year when you're at Michigan mm-hmm. or Alabama. Right. In the NFL, you get penalized for success. That's right. So what are there, 30 teams, 32 teams in the NFL? Mm-hmm. So you, you, you win the Super Bowl, you get to pick last. Right. Right? And you do that over time, you have to be really good and lucky. And maybe it finally catches up with you. And so um, where in, in college, you could draft the number one quarterback every year. Sure. You could draft the number one wide receiver every year. That's right. And you have NIL money, and the money at Michigan, I would think, is as good or better than anywhere else in the country. So why leave that place, especially since you played there? Um, so would he be a good fit here? The question is, would he, why would he want this job? Oh, there you go, Tepper. You know, mm-hmm. Tepper and a total rebuild. Mm-hmm. And does Tepper want to have a coach that has that kind of cachet, that kind of ego, that might tell him, hey, get the hell out of the locker room? What do you do, what do, you do with that situation? Like, well, I think, as I, a think, coach. I, I think you say it up front. You say, hey, here's the parameters. Here's your boundaries. You know, now, if you're not good with this, this is – I had this uh, – uh, um, t- uh, discussion with somebody today mm-hmm. who uh, runs an HR consulting firm. And we talked about core values and that you have to lead with them when you're hiring people. So, you know, don't 
don't fall in love and then say, here are the boundaries. No, here are the boundaries. Here are my core values. These are things that are, you know, deal breakers. You're not allowed in the locker room. You're not allowed to talk to my assistant coaches. Everything flows through me. Okay. And on the other side, I get access to you. I get to talk to you. Um, when, you know, I, I want to, um, don't put me off to, um, you know, somebody else, right. Um, you're available to me. I'm available to you, but I don't want you in my locker room and I don't want you talking to my assistant coaches. Um, you're not going to tell us, um, you know, what plays to run, right. uh, you know, are you good with that? Okay. If you're good with that, then let's go through an interview process. You know, uh, but if you're not good with that, that's fine. I'm not going to waste my time. Don't I don't want to waste your time. Is is David Tepper George Steinbrenner before he got the titles in the 90s? You know, uh, I I would think not. Um, I'd like to think that uh, uh, you know George 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 Steinbrenner. The p- people in New York, from my perspective, love George Steinbrenner. Right. Right. Okay. The people here don't love. Tepper. Yeah. Now, was it after George started winning that they loved him? Right. You know, um, the eighties were rough. The eighties were rough. <laughs> you know, and so, and then the Yankees had some built-in, um, you know, you know, benefits. Yeah. You know, they had built-in resources like uh, the what was the network? Yes. Uh, the S yes network. network. Yeah. So you know, million bucks a year, and, and so now they could. They could pay. They could pay what other teams couldn't pay. And then, you know, players wanted to play in Yankee Stadium. Right. And and George Steinbrenner made that a special place. You know, it was an international brand. Mm-hmm. Um, even though baseball wasn't so much international. Mm-hmm. But you played for the Yankees. You won uh, World Series. And you've got a lot of perks as a result. Um, and so you had to have a certain thick skin to be able to be a part of it and um you know tepper hasn't you know i don't don't see that right that that cachet that personality he doesn't have the personality steinbrenner had yeah interesting stuff uh great stuff uh before we uh, get to our break where do people go for uh for coaching yeah thank you uh go to my website dartycoaching.com that's d-o-h-e-r-t-y coaching.com all right coming up we'll have some life lessons some uh some leadership lessons and the uh, current news of the day news talk 1110 993wbt does it really take two to make a thing go right coach uh, i think it it takes two uh to make a thing it's better with uh five that's bold. That's a bold prediction. I mean, uh, that's all you got. That's all I got. I mean, five, five on five. <laughs> oh, five on five. Well, what are you thinking? I was. What I you, don't what, know, what, man. What, what, where'd your mind go? Where does your mind go? Your mind. My wow. Mind. Your my mind. mind. Here's where my mind went. I, I'm empath. I'm empathetic today. I'm. 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 I'm filled with empathy today. That that is such a weak reaction response to my comment. I am because empath- I was fishing. And I got you on the line, and then you spit out the hook. I am empathetic today because I think people are being mean to Lloyd Austin. Okay. And and we got people who are queuing up here who I think I'm going to get blasted here. Should I, should, I, should I take a blast call here? Take a blast call. All right, this is Stacy going to blast me. Stacy, welcome to the show. 
Hey, you are very, very, very weak. Wow. And this wow. is why I say that. It's because nobody is blasting him for cancer. And number one, it's not like he just woke up the other day and realized he had cancer. Number two, we are all responsible to our employers. Sure. So let me tell you, let's do an experiment. You wake up tomorrow mm-hmm. and the next day yep. and the next day and the next day mm-hmm. and don't call anybody at the station or, or in management or whatever and see how that goes for you. Mm-hmm. So here's a man that is responsible for the largest fighting force in the world. True. And you are putting powders on his butt? Well, you know? look, look, I, I, have, I have had COVID, and I worked through COVID, and I did, I did the things that I had to do broadcasting uh, for, for, for a week um, when, I was, when I was really sick. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He goes in the hospital— he, maybe he thought he was going to get in and come out fast. I don't know. But now people are like, fire him, get rid of him, do all this sort of stuff. And I look, I'm all about firing him. But, like, can he get through the cancer treatment stuff first? I mean, is that possible? Is that possible? I mean, that's possible, but it's not possible to excuse him and quit taking up for him because, first of all, it's kind of being misrepresented. He just didn't do that. He had a major surgery because the cancer was found, the prostate cancer was found, right? and now he's having issues with it. Right. So he, he's, he's having, now he's got a secondary infection. Right. So the, the way the administration is talking is nobody knew anything. Which well, I don't believe that. That's correct, but, and I and I believe I believe I know who leaked the story. But go ahead. All right, but the point of it is, you need to quit. It's nothing wrong with helping hold a person up, but you need to quit al- allowing him to side skirt his responsibility. Because look, if this is a man who is responsible for going to the Joint Chiefs of Staff right. and planning wars and reactions to other things, correct? He sure sucked at doing this. He sure sucked at allowing the administration to know what was going on with him and that he was well, going to be incapacitated. Well, he, he's, been, he's been sucky for a long time because he, he screwed up the Afghan pullout and all those sorts of things. Absolutely. So, so therefore, just because you're sick mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't accept responsibility and have to deal but, okay, with Okay, but hold on. But hold on. Isn't it Joe Biden's responsibility to relieve him of duty and send him off for treatment and say, listen, we're going to relieve you of duty as the Secretary of Defense, and we're going to relieve the second-in-command because she didn't really you know, comport herself very well either, and we're going to get somebody in that, in that position that's going to be able to, to maintain this, this department. Sure, but... Joe, the figurehead should say that, but the ones behind the scene who are really making the decisions won't do that. And you know why they won't do that. And so the point of it is, is that it's okay for you to have compassion and be sympathetic and empathetic towards somebody. Yes. But you still, you still have to hold these people accountable. He chose to do that job. He's not like me going down here to the local truck plant and building trucks. I understand that. that. I understand that. He chose chose to do that, and he chose to carry that much responsibility. So he has to be responsible. He Mm -hmm. should have said, I have to call somebody. So if he he just demonstrated why he should not be in that position. Okay. Look, I get it. I I understand it. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? (laughs) Look, 
Listen. No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm empathetic. How, how, how are you feeling today? I am feeling really great. That is good. Uh, you know what? That is good. I, I enjoy your show. I, I'm glad that Doherty's on there. A, a nice touch to the show. And, hey, life goes on. That's right. I appreciate the call. Thank you. That's a good debate. It's I. It's good conversation. Yeah. I'm still empathetic. I know you're empathetic. So is this a, since you're empathetic, that, empathetic doesn't mean soft. Like, don't go soft. You lived in the Bronx. I did live in the Bronx. Don't go soft. I'm not soft. You grew up in El Paso. Yeah, that, now that, that's a much tougher place to live than the Bronx. I mean, that's, that's, that's you know, I mean, that's, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. You just read that off. Because I, I, I wanted to give a specific yeah. de- definition. The ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Yeah. That's not weakness. No, not, uh, not at all. I'm saying don't go weak. Don't, don't, don't go, like, overboard with Jim, it. Jim, go ahead. Let me have it. Go. Fire. Yeah, hey, you know, there's a number one consideration that we have to have here. It's nothing to do with his uh, empathy or sympathy for his health conditions, but there is the number one priority for this man, the Secretary of Defense, is that he monitors and he signs off and authorizes the code protocol on a daily basis, sometimes twice a day for the nuclear football. Mm-hmm. He is the one that has it, and he hands it to the president in case that it's needed. We have to know where he's at. If he's in the loop, a human should be in the loop at all times as far as our nuclear assets is concerned for either to ramp up or to stand down. Mm-hmm. He need, we need to know who he is. What they did basically is they relegated our nuclear uh, uh, capabilities, the football that he is supposed to be in control of and monitoring on an hourly basis. They relegated it to the same standard as the Soviet doomsday machine process, mm-hmm. where if mm-hmm. something happens, if, it, if you get an alert, you launch, and that's it, and that's an order. An alert status from the from a light on the wall is the same as a as a uh, order from a commanding officer. This happened in Naval Archer in 1983. This is the number one problem with him uh, not being there, hands on, and monitoring that he should have signed something in uh, uh, something formal right. or done some formal authorization right. to hand it off to the deputy secretary or the vice president or something you can't just walk away from it and my, my the way i'm getting it is they just let him off the hook just out of vanity yeah well it's possible it's possible jim i, I mean look it's it remains to be seen all right i remain empathetic and i'll continue to take your barbs and stabs and arrows whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull and the coach, Matt Doherty. Good to be back with you. It is uh, great to be here today. My favorite day of the week. Ew, it's my favorite day of the week as well. That's coincidence. I said it first. I have a lot of empathy. Show empathy for me, please. I'm showing a lot of empathy for you today. I don't know if I have any empathy for Hunter Biden. I don't know about this year, Coach. Yeah. 
So let me uh, let me give you the uh, the filthy, dirty lowdown here. Um, there is a debate that is going on inside the House of Representatives about whether or not Hunter Biden should be held in contempt, which would then expose him to legal penalties for not reporting and showing up for a uh, a subpoena that he was supposed to show up for to be to be deposed in the uh, in the issues with uh, the quid pro quos and all that sort of stuff. And he today, as they were getting this hearing underway, suddenly showed up in the hearing room. And the way this all went down was um, the Secret Service showed up randomly at the hearing room. And the people who were doing the hearing, Jim Comer and, and, and that team, um, were like, what, what's the Secret Service doing here? And they said, we're just checking the facilities. We're making sure everything is secure here, et cetera, et cetera. And right before the hearing begins, you have Hunter Biden, Abby Lowell, who's his lawyer, and then his, his bro, uh, his bestie, who lent him a bunch of money. Uh, who is making a documentary about him right now, uh, come walking in. They come walking in. Nancy Mace, don't get on her wrong side, man. Don't get on her bad side. Nancy Mace was not happy about this. Nancy Mace is looking at him, and she's saying, well, hold on a minute. What are you doing? You, 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 you couldn't show up for the testimony a couple weeks ago, but you could give a speech, and now you're sitting in the gallery? What are you doing? Cut number 19, Nancy Mace, comes, uh, comes off the turnbuckle. Go. Um, first of all, my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... M- Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman... If the general lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are are women allowed to speak in here or no? Because you keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. So that's the beginning. No balls. What kind of game was she talking about? Well, you know, bocce. You need balls in most games. Yeah, bocce. You know, footballs, basketballs, mm-hmm. and other. Croquet. Wow. Croquet. Badminton. No, wait, that's shuttlecocks. That's something totally different. It's a what? The shuttlecock that you throw up. And you go, oh, okay. You know. Yeah. That's pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah. Pickleball. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something, too, in yeah. a big way. Yeah. Uh, what, was, what was that? I don't know. What? what? Did you ever ball. That's not a ball. Exactly, no ball. That's not a ball. Oh, Tommy with the uh, air ball. Huh? He's got the oh. air ball. He's got the air ball. They, but they. So, so she, she, she. Why? Why did he show up? Just to. That's kind of- the question. Now here's what the theory is. The theory is he showed up because they're making a documentary about him, and they needed to shoot that scene inside the hearing room. Is it'll increase the value of the documentary? Uh, yes. Yeah. Promotes the documentary. Now, isn't that interesting? Something that's going to make him money mm-hmm. that he would now be using for his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a public hearing, right? That's kind of shady. Well, um, you know, he's good at using. 
correct. It uses a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy Mace, she didn't want to hold back, man. This is this is Nancy Mace. Cut number 20, please. Um, In doing so, you know, Hunter Biden broke the law. He did so deliberately. You did so flagrantly. You showed up on the Hill, on the Senate side, the day of that congressional subpoena to defy it and spit in the face of this committee. That's what you did. The question the American people are asking us is, what is Hunter Biden so afraid of? Why can't you show up for a, a congressional deposition? You're here for a political stunt. This is just a PR stunt to you. This is just a game that you are playing with the American people. You're playing with the truth. Um, Hunter Biden wasn't afraid to sell access to Joe Biden to the highest bidder when he was in elected office. He wasn't afraid to trade on the Biden brand, peddle influence, and share those ill-gotten gains with members of his, of his family, including Joe Biden. He wasn't afraid to compromise the integrity of the presidency and vice president by involving Joe Biden in shady business deals with our foreign adversaries. But Hunter Biden, you were too afraid to show up for a deposition. And you still can't today. Um, I believe that Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now because it wasn't long ago, too, my friends on the other side of the aisle, um, that you also believed in the, the power of a congressional subpoena. Not long ago at all. You believed in holding those who refused to comply with congressional ap- subpoena accountable. And I stood with each and every one of you. I am the only member in this room today who has held a member of my own party in contempt of Congress for not showing up for a subpoena. And I see nothing but complete hypocrisy on the other side of the aisle. The ranking member of this committee even so eloquently put it, the lesson is please tell your children out there in America, if you get a subpoena to go before Congress, go. You have a legal responsibility to do so. So the hypocrisy is stunning. What are we to tell our children today? There's nothing the other side can say with a straight face. As the only member of this committee to vote to hold a member of contempt of my own party, let me be clear, this should not be a partisan issue. If Congress issues a subpoena, you show up, period. This is not a responsibility we take lightly. It brings no joy for us to do this, but the president's son broke the law and must be held accountable in the same way anybody else would. I urge my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to do so. And my last message to you, Hunter Biden, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I like that line. <laughs> she went tough, on. She, she went on. Yeah. Yeah. So Hunter's sitting there the whole time and he's smirking. And he's looking at them and all this stuff, and they're going back and forth. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene starts in on him. This is cut number 21. Gentlemen, time's expired. Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. He gets up and walks out. <laughs> oh... I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Burst their bubble. Wow, that's too bad. <laughs> wow. He bails. He bails. And as he walks down the hallway, he's flanked by a, a billion reporters. Um, he, uh, the reporter from Fox, who's the congressional reporter, uh, Peter Ducey's wife, uh, uh, Vaughn, uh, is is walking with him, and she's asking tough questions. She's asking Hunter Biden, um, "Why'd you call your dad? Like, why when when you called him, why'd you have him on the on the speakerphone and all this sort of stuff?" And he's like, "Do you have a dad? 
do you talk to him on the phone? That's that's all I was doing. Well, simultaneous to that, there's a guy walking on the right side of, of Hunter Biden yelling out constantly, what kind of crack do you smoke? What kind of I mean, over and over and over. This was a circus. How, I don't want to get off topic, but how does somebody like that who's asking the crack question mm-hmm. get access? Because it's a public hallway. So you anybody can go in there. You go through the security magnetometer. Anybody can. You walk right in. You, I you could know, do abso- it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, it's just a hallway. Yeah. Because I think one of the you know, problems today is there's so many people that claim to be media. That's right. That aren't actually trained right. to interview sure. and, you know, go through some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, background check to be asked responsible questions. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's not uh, TMZ. That's correct. Right. And that's right. And and so it makes it a circus. So the people that are really trying to ask legitimate questions mm-hmm. and, and d- do deep dives don't get the chance to. It's true. Got to have empathy. It's all about empathy. Hey, girls. Beat boys. Superstar DJs. Here, Here we, we go. go. News Talk 1110. 99.3 WBT. Brett Winterbull and the coach, Matt Doherty. Now, he's not the only... Okay, so Lloyd Austin's in trouble. Hunter's in trouble. Mayorkas is in big trouble, Coach. Talk, talk about that. Department of Homeland Security, They're trying Secretary. To They're trying to impeach him. Uh, and and let, me, let me give you just a little sample of what we heard today in this hearing that's being conducted by uh, Congressman Mark Green, who is uh, from uh, Tennessee. Uh, this is Cut 18. This is the... Uh, Attorney General from Oklahoma, uh, Attorney General Drummond, on the burden that his state is facing. This is this is insane. Uh, what's going on in Oklahoma? Cut 18. The Oklahoma Department of Corrections reports that it is currently housing more than 500 illegal immigrants convicted of various violent crimes. Before those criminal aliens were sent to the Department of Corrections, they were in custody of our local jails which have their own costs for housing. Likewise, there is a significant cost for law enforcement in the investigating of these crimes and for the prosecutors who prosecute them. The unsecured border contributes to costs beyond the criminal justice system as well. While it is not possible to ascertain the exact amount of the cost, it is easy to understand the magnitude. Illegal immigration costs Oklahoma taxpayers more than $750 million each year with a minimal offset return. Mr. Chairman, members of the committee, I believe it is time for accountability. The people of Oklahoma don't deserve to live under constant threat from criminal foreign nationals. $750 million in Oklahoma. A year. Yep. A year. The, I mean, co- the cost of housing, mm-hmm. the cost of, you know, the, the, the police and the sheriff department that have to, you know, go to work to try to arrest, secure. Mm-hmm obtain um, these illegals that are causing problems. Yep. <laughs> this just does it. Uh, it's, it's maddening. Like, we've been talking about this for how long? Oh. Like, it... it, it the whole time. It, it, you know, so they're not going to change. Nope. You know, they're just doing it to win votes and 
you know, break down our country a little bit. So let me give you an example of somebody who is really digging into this. This is Andrew Bailey. He's the attorney general of Missouri or Missouri, depending on where Missouri, you are. Missouri, yeah. Um, this is what he said. Cut 22. Ripped away by those same drugs. I ask you to remember the people of Oklahoma as you did deliberate. Is that 22? Remember the murder victims. Oh. Remember the drug overdose All right, victims. That's the wrong clip. I'm sorry about that. That, that, was, that was operator error on my part because I, 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 I guess I didn't save the right clip. I, I'm hoping that people will have empathy for me about that. Yeah. Um, I, think, the, I think we'll find some empathy for you. The, um, he was talking about the fact that he said, listen, the, I, I could sum it up for Andrew Bailey. He said, um, the first border I was familiar with was when I was deployed in Iraq. And we were sent to the border to uh, between Iraq and Syria to secure the border of Iraq to keep the terrorists from Syria coming into Iraq. And he said, I was sitting there in a tank and we were guarding that border. And I can assure you, nobody was coming across that border when I was over there in Iraq. That border was secure. And he was saying that border is not secure here. Right. It's a sieve. And, and uh, you've got bad guys uh, importing people every every 20 minutes. And so, you know, Alejandro Mayorkas is not happy that he's being going to be impeached. And he told Kat Kamek, who's a congresswoman from Arizona, no, no, uh, Florida. He said to her in a meeting, um, you better knock it off because you're not going to like what's coming next. Whoa. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What does that mean? What do you think it means? I think it means, I don't know. It's scary. What does that mean? You're, you're not going to like what's coming next? Ooh, what are you going to do? That's a, obviously yeah, a yeah. huge threat. Yeah? Yeah? What are you going <laughs> to You know what? She should have said to him, you want to see what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. Get, bring me... Bring me Marjorie Taylor Greene and Nancy Mace. We're going to deploy. We're going to deploy the the new squad on you right there. How about that? It's craziness, uh, Coach. Crazy, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. It's very tricky. We have a great guest coming up in this next hour. We're going to talk about the relationship between African Americans and Israel and the Palestinians. It's a big, big uh, conversation we're going to have. With uh, Pastor Dumasani Washington. Also, Beth Trout comes by next. Yeah, you know what this means? This means we got BT in the house, Beth Troutman joining us, Coach. Uh, always good to have her aboard. Hello, Beth Troutman. I love the days where I get to join you on a Wednesday and get to talk to both you and Coach Doherty. That's a, that's a treat for me. Look at this. More, more, please, more. Yes, more. stop, please. Stop, no, Absolutely. please. Well, Beth Troutman, I got bad news for you. Uh oh. If you had a dream, if you had a dream of a president, Chris Christie, that dream is no more. Is no more. He is dropping his bid. Nikki Haley expected to benefit, but Chris Christie has uh, told uh, the Politico that he is done. He's uh, he's not going to proceed any further, and uh, his 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 dream is over. 
Well, look, that that it's not surprising. He 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 went into this. I think his entire. Um, and we all know this. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. a it wasn't veiled. He, he went in to talk about former President Donald Trump, and Correct. he he accomplished that in the debates that he was in. What this is, though, is a really positive thing for Nikki Haley and her supporters. You just mentioned it that that his supporters probably will go for Nikki Haley. What will what will be really interesting is New Hampshire. You know, once she was already endorsed by the governor there, and he had quite a bit. Of support, and so if that all goes to Nikki Haley, she might actually put up some numbers against um, former President Donald Trump there. But again, we've got to make it through Monday and the Iowa caucus first, and what is going to be an incredibly cold day. It's unbelievable. Show up. It's unbelievable. What are those discussions going to be? I mean, we are in a fascinating time, my friend. Uh, Beth Trotman, they're they're saying it's going to be like twenty below at the caucuses. Yeah, I mean, and if you've seen any of the, even this weekend for the the football game between the the Chiefs and the the Miami Dolphins, I know you guys are both sports fans, this is supposed to be potentially the coldest NFL game in history. God, Coach, you you, you coached in a lot of places. You coached, uh, most importantly on this list, you you coached in Indiana where, I mean, it's flat, it's cold in the winter. Yeah, I I was the head coach at Notre Dame. And in Kansas? Yeah, it was cold. Oh, Kansas. I, I went on a recruiting trip one time to uh, Minnesota and had a uh, friend of mine pick me up and uh, get there day of the game. We get in the car and he says, the game's canceled tonight. And I'm like, what? What? Like, why? why? You know, he's like, it's too cold. Like, too cold. Inside? It was, no. <laughs> no. It was 70 below wind, oh! wind chill. Oh! 70 oh! below wind chill. But the Timberwolves were playing. So we went to the game. And I remember leaving the game, yeah. and it felt like somebody took a sword out of the freezer and drove it through my chest. Oh, my god! It was oh. that cold. Is it possible? See, that they... I can't even imagine that. I can't I, this is, North Carolina is the coldest climate I've ever lived in. <laughs> I mean, so that is imagine, imagine like my, my blood is not prepared for Iowa, for Indiana, for New England. Yeah. It is just not it's not ready. My husband grew up in uh, northwest Pennsylvania near Lake Erie. So he understands, you know, 30 inches of snow and walking outside and your nostrils freeze. I don't understand that feeling. And I can't imagine it. I have no idea how these guys are going to play this game this weekend. That's crazy. I. I, I, the some of the coldest I've ever been has been right there in Ohio. I mean, it is just it, it is because it, it's just one big stretch, man. It's Ohio into Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and it's like that is just bitter cold. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you ever been to Ohio, Coach? I mean, it's it's you start off and it's just woo. Yeah, forget it. I, I, I people I got, ice fish. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't like that. I've seen that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well. You, you know, you don't have to put them in a the cooler once you catch them. That's true. Right? There's advantages. <laughs> you, know, you know, that has a variety of meanings. Make sure you uh, you cut that piece out. We're going to drop that as a drop at some point. <laughs> it's so cold you don't have to do anything with them. That's it. You just lay them on the side. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, uh, Beth Troutman, uh, another question for you. Did, you. did you weather the storms yesterday in an okay fashion? 
I did weather the storms. You know what's um, funny, not funny? Yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, happy oh, birthday. Oh, happy birthday. That's why we have all these gifts here, you know, but we'll keep them for yeah. next year for you. Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, so I had this kind of rainy, stormy, but I'm I'm very used to having a, an early January birthday. I'm very used to strange weather on my birthday. But yesterday was was so bizarre because it was more like a September October storm than a January storm. I'm north of the um, the city. I'm kind of up where the coach lives. I'm in the Mooresville area, so we got some crazy heavy rains and um, the heavy winds. Last night, I actually couldn't sleep because the winds were so heavy, but we were fortunate up here where I am. We didn't lose power. Uh, our stoplights were still working, because uh, you know, as I understand, some in the South Park area, stoplights still aren't working, and people are still trying to figure out how to navigate the uh, the roadways, and there was some, some terrible flooding in the areas where... Um, we're, you know, around that that part of Charlotte, and we were lucky up here that we didn't have to deal with some of those power outages and the the things that people are dealing with in other parts of the city. That's good stuff. I, we we certainly uh, wish you a very very uh, belated happy birthday. And uh, oh, we, thank we, you. We're, we're, we're so uh, happy to have you uh, join us here today. A, f- a final question: are you, are you making any predictions for the uh, for the Iowa caucus at this stage of the game? What do you think is going to happen with Iowa? You know. There's something in my gut, and I may be completely off. I think that we might see some surprises, mm-hmm. um, and I, I the weather may play a part in it. Uh, but I, so you know this about me, and you kind of fall in this category as well. I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a politics nerd, and the Iowa caucus to me is so interesting. I love how it works. There's something so you know, like 1840s about it, where people, they have this the whole discussion and you go to corners of the room and there's there's passion behind it. And if you are going to brave the temperatures and you're going to, you know, brave the the, the political scene that we are currently in and, and be involved in this process, um, I, I love you for it. You know, you're a true uh, American and you really do love uh, what we are. And I think that we might see some surprises. I think that the pollsters might be off this time around the way that they were in 2016. And I think it's going to be for an exactly opposite reason. Back in 2016, when the pollsters were, I guess it was more 2015 when the campaigning was happening into the 2016 primaries, people were afraid to say that they were Donald Trump supporters as it was a whole new thing. He was a whole new kind of candidate. And, you know, then they went in and they became the the, the, the silent majority, you know, the people who went in and they, they voted for him. I think this time around, I, 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 there's something that makes me believe that we're seeing the opposite, that because of the retribution of not being a Donald Trump supporter, like the public kind of shaming or the things that might happen online or whatever, um, the, the vitriol that might come people's way, there might be the, uh, the opposite effect, that people are afraid to say they're not Donald Trump supporters. But then when they get down to the nitty gritty, the conversations might get real and get different. And we might see um, some surprises in Iowa. Uh, there's something that's that's moving me in that direction, and I may be completely off base, but uh, I think that it is going to be um, a night that might that might be a, a positive one. He might not, Ron DeSantis might not come out on the, the tippy top, as uh, people in the Trump camp like to say, but I think he might have a closer showing than people are predicting. Interesting. Looking forward to, uh, to seeing how this is all going to play out. Uh, what do you got coming up tomorrow on the program? 
Well, tomorrow we're going to be following everything that happens tonight because we have a debate between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley happening on CNN, while also the former president, Donald Trump, will be holding a town hall on Fox. So we will be covering those two things and hopefully showcasing what it might be like if all three of them were on a stage talking about these things together. Great stuff. Appreciate you being there. Thanks so much, uh, Beth. And again, uh, happy birthday. Thank you. I love you guys. Happy birthday. All right. Take care. There goes the hot stepper. He just came by. Uh, We have a very big uh, sports news here, I think. Uh, Do we have very big sports news? I think so. Is this this confirmed? Is this 100% confirmed? Per ESPN, uh, coach, uh, who's who's hanging it up? Nick's, Nick, Nick Saban. Uh, he seems like the kind of guy you'd have to pull out on a slab. Yeah, <laughs> feet first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, seventy-two, I think, seventy-two years old, and uh, he's done all you can do in the game of football, mm-hmm. and maybe it's time like he's probably an all or nothing guy like i'm either going 100 miles an hour or i'm not and uh, he's passing the torch how i okay to me it feels like this is a guy that can print money i mean in terms of the talent like he doesn't he own like a massive amount of real estate in terms of the recruiting i mean it's do you even have to like make the phone call if you're no, you still Saban. do. You still do, especially, you know, he's got players leaving, you know, to the portal. And 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 so managing that, uh, attracting talent, because NIL money, the mm-hmm. name, image, and likeness is, you know, it's like it's recruiting with money above, uh, above board now. It used to be under the table. Now it's on top of the table. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having to deal with that all the time, and then defections and culture and, um, you know, it's just a high-pressure job. And and nothing, you know, a lot of fans expect a championship or bust. And that can be tiring. And then, you know, I don't know what his family's like, but, right. you know, assuming he has a wife and I'm assuming he has grandchildren and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's still in good shape. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he can now, like Coach K – Go do whatever he wants to do. He's a great public speaker. Coach K gets a hundred K, no pun wow. intended. Wow. Uh, at least a hundred K per talk. Nick Saban, seventy-two, just completed his seventeenth season at Alabama. He has six national titles at Alabama. Here's a quote. I mean, this is like a tell. I've always said that if you're thinking about retirement, you're probably already retired. I'm not there yet. He said that to ESPN in November. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you're if you're thinking about thinking about retirement, right. you're probably shut yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so no, there's some this, you know, guys, or there's some lifers out there, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, you look at on basketball sides, Jim Larinaga's coaching uh, at an advanced age, you know, and is uh, he's probably seventy four, um, but the money's so good and the pressure is so large that. Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, what else could he do? Win another championship? 
you know, chances are he's not going to win it next year. Right. So do you want to go through that again? Um, so, uh, and now that now the question becomes like, who's going to be the coach? Right? Is it of gonna, course? Is it going to be? Is it going to be Sark? Is it going to be? Go ahead. Dabo to Alabama. Dabo to Bama. Good. Said it here first. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call. He he played there, right? Yeah. I mean, and and worked for Saban. Yeah, I think he worked for him. yeah. And so you know, that's a certainly a good fit. And then you th- you think of. You know Pete Carroll, who just got let go, who won at USC. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the, here, be careful what you wish for. You know, I've, I've taken over one of those jobs, um, <laughs> and you follow a guy. You know, even if it's not directly, but you know, being the head coach at North Carolina, it's a lot of pressure. So they've got to hire somebody mm-hmm. that is is can deal with that pressure cooker. Could you? Well, there's one guy that could possibly do it. Who just won? Yeah, you don't do that. You don't make that move. You don't. You don't go no, Harbaugh to no, Alabama. No, no. You just win. Why would you go there? I mean, how about Lane Kiffin? That's 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 the name I was thinking of. He's at Ole Miss, and he's built one heck of a. He could bring Jackson Dart with him. And he was an assistant for Saban. Saban. And he's got the personality. The thing is, he's a little bit of um, a. a you know, wild card because he could say or do anything, mm-hmm. and and that could be a little nuts. Where Saban was kind of like Bill Belichick: when you win, say mm. little; when you uh, mm. when you lose, say say less. Mm. Wait a um, minute! Wait a minute! Could he go there? Belichick? No, no, no. He's not going to college. The guy's done. Yeah. I mean, what? No. I mean, he's, He's counting it. He's yeah. he's he, he just counts it. He just counts it. Just counts it. All right. Yeah. Why 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 do that? We all right. We're due for a break. We have a tremendous guest coming up on the other side of this break. Pastor Dumasani Washington, the founder and CEO of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, and he is uh, somebody who's working to strengthen the relationship between Israel and the people of African descent. Through education and advocacy. Uh, Coach Doherty, we're going to have a great conversation. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Awesome. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993, WBT, Brett Witterbull, alongside the coach, Matt Doherty. It is a pleasure to be here with you uh, today. You know, a lot of people have a lot of questions about the state of our nation and the world. And I'm really excited to welcome to the program uh, Pastor Dumasani Washington. He is the founder and CEO of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, which strengthens the relationship uh, between Israel and people of African descent through education and advocacy. Um, it is uh, wonderful to have you here, uh, uh, Pastor. Uh, welcome to the program uh, with Brett Witterbull and uh, Matt Doherty. Brett and Matt, so good to be with you all. Thanks for having me today. Oh, this is wonderful. Andy Dinkin, good friend of mine, uh, told me 
uh, about you and what you're you're getting ready to do uh, on January 18th. Um, yes, sir. You're going yes, to address sir. the UNC Charlotte football team uh, to talk about anti-Semitism. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Andy reached out uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had some mutual friends and, and colleagues, and we had a conversation that I've been having, uh, quite frankly, especially since October 7th, quite a bit. Our organization started about 10 years ago. Uh, and I am a pastor and an advocate, um, and we've talked a lot about black Jewish relations and Israel, Africa, all of those things. We do a lot of educating across the country and also in Africa and in Israel. Uh, and when Andy reached out, uh, as you probably can assume, it had a lot to do with what we call now post-October the 7th, right? We, we are seeing anti-Semitism or Jew hatred, for a better term, in this nation, uh, this free nation, and on levels that we've really never seen before, at least not since the Second World War. Um, and unfortunately, much of that sentiment is centered on our college campuses, right? Not so much the kids, right? The kids are kids, right? It's stuff that's kind of waiting for them when they get there. A lot of disinformation. Um, we know that anti-Semitism is the oldest hatred. Unfortunately, there's all kinds of hatred. There's all kinds of racism and bigotry and all those types of things. Anti-Semitism is the oldest one and the one that morphs into so many different things politically, religiously, ethnically, you name it. Uh, and so Andy reached out to see, he had a, what I call an inspired idea. Let's talk to the athletes about what's going on, give them some information, and hopefully give them some tools where they as already as leaders can, can stand up and, and, and share and inform. And sometimes that hatred just takes on a form of ignorance, right? They, they give them the information so they could give it to other people and, and hopefully begin to push against this tide on our campuses. Why, why is it why is there so much anti-Semitism on college campuses? And then what tools will you give uh, the, the, the football team at uh, UNC Charlotte, Biff Pogge's football team? Well, the, the why, coaches, it, uh, gentlemen, it, it goes back to historical. There's many different reasons, but one of the historical reasons is that a lot of the disinformation uh, that was uh, targeted both at Israel and the Jewish people. Again, they, that shouldn't be one and the same, right? But unfortunately, uh, you know, the bad actors don't always play well. What I mean by that, there's a lot of different uh, origins, but one of the things you can point to very clearly, historically, uh, has to do with the former Soviet Union, right? Uh, uh, Stalin, in 1949, after the state of Israel was, uh, was reborn, and after he saw the strength of those Western allied nations, uh, he wanted to, uh, to unravel that as much as he could, and one of the things that he chose was to start an attack, this, this oldest hatred, to get it stirred up in the West like never before, particularly in the United States. And one of the chosen places was the college campuses, right? There's so much disinformation. The students either know nothing about the Middle East or they've heard so much disinformation about Israel, Palestine, who is the PLO, who is Hamas, all of those things. And that's one of the reasons, because it, it was directed there. There are billions of dollars that goes into our college campuses from uh, other actors across the world who want to kind of uh, force that narrative. And our young people, unfortunately, are on the receiving end of a lot of that propaganda. And what we hope to do, starting on next Thursday, is kind of outline that. And not just from a black perspective, obviously, I, I run the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, but this is a, this is a very general and universal issue. Give them the tools uh, that will continue to strengthen their moral courage. In other words, mm -hmm. sometimes 
what it really takes, and not to oversimplify it, sometimes what it really takes once you have information is to be able to stand up, to be able to stand up and say, okay, hey, no, this is wrong. You might want to check this out, or let's discuss this, or Mm -hmm. maybe you want to read that. We want to give them the tools to be able to get in the confidence to be able to push back on what's just hatred, right? There's, There's no reason that someone gets singled out but for their gender, for their race or anything, and they just get this generic hatred. We're going to hopefully have the young men understand how to identify it, right? Mm -hmm. And then also how to inform others who are operating on a lot of misinformation. That's right. I I think that leads, the knowledge leads to the confidence. And uh, and then I think, you know, if you have some moral, you know, compass inside you, uh, you understand what's right versus wrong, then you have um, the confidence and the power. And as you said, college athletes on campus uh, are, are leaders. And, uh, you know, now they can stand up. Um, what are I find it interesting, and I, I read a little bit on your background. You know, why, you know, th- what you do sounds very niche, okay? I'm in the bit world of business. Black so- solidarity with Israel sounds like a niche business, right, or niche industry, why um, are you, you know, what are the misunderstandings between the black community and the Jewish community? Or should I say, what are the similarities between the black community and the Jewish community that you are coming together, black solidarity with Israel? It, there are so many uh, similarities. There's, there's so many connections and everything. And one of the reasons I got involved in it, honestly, has to do with my, my African-American heritage. Uh, as a Christian, one of the things I did earlier on, in my ministry, we focus a lot on the persecution of Christians in different parts of the world, particularly in Africa. And, and you would think, what does it have to do with Israel? Well, as we were studying and we began to do our Israel advocacy, we realized that in that region, the freest place in the world for Christians and other religions, right? I don't care if you're Muslim, uh, obviously Jewish, Israel, right? Israel's the four, Christians are actually growing in number in the Jewish state of Israel while they're actually suffering genocide in other parts of that region. And that had a lot to do with me moving in this space. And there are a lot of similarities, right? This is one of the, those who are aware of the civil rights movement, for example, Dr. King himself said that the basically, and I'm paraphrasing, that the Jewish community was overrepresented. He says no other ethnic group was more present in that struggle than the Jewish community, right? And that was in the 50s and 60s. But when you go back even earlier, in the early 1900s, Booker T. Washington and Julius Rosenwald, Rosenwald of, of C.S. Roebuck fame, he came together with his philanthropy with Booker T. Washington and built what's called Rosenwald Schools. Uh, those of us out here in North Carolina, there's several of them here. Some of them still exist, schools for black students who didn't have anywhere to, to, for their education to even happen. It was Jewish philanthropy as well as Jewish philanthropy, an organization that helped uh, establish the NAACP. So these ties are deep and they go way, way, way back. And there's lots of different reasons. There was a help when we were being marginalized. When we in the broader society, whether it's racism, whether it's anti-Semitism, those things were, were so uh, so severely felt by both communities that they found each other and continued to work together. That has been the truth for a very, very long time. And so when we saw the disinformation that we talked about, unfortunately, the disinformation about Israel and mm-hmm. Jews, they would come on the campuses or wherever and will always try to either pit those uh, those uh, communities to, against each other, 
or would have libels against Israel, like it being called an apartheid state, Israel being accused of committing genocide, all of those things that are not true, but are definitely, they stir a lot of emotion and unfortunately a lot of, again, disinformation. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of Luke uh, 2231 uh, on the admonition from Christ to uh, Simon, uh, behold, Satan is demanded uh, to sift all of you like wheat, but I've prayed uh, that your own faith may not fail. And once you have turned back, you must strengthen your brothers. Uh, this is all about us not being sifted from each other. Powerful, powerful uh, allusion there. When Jesus said that to Peter, of course, he was getting ready to be crucified. Mm -hmm. He's ready to be separated from them. They're getting ready to go through the most difficult time of their ministry. And of absolutely, he, he charged Peter with the responsibility that in the midst of all that was going on, he was not only to encourage himself, but he was to encourage his brothers, right? That's and right. that's really what this is. When we're talking to the guys on the campus, because of the platform that they have, one thing is really important when you're having to speak truth, and we'll talk about that on next Thursday, sometimes it's difficult, right? Whether yep. we're older or younger, sometimes to be the only voice, right? The only person sometimes to actually say what's true or to say what may not be the popular thing, but the right thing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that helps us in that regard is having a community, right? Whether it's our family, yep. sometimes uh, on our campuses, right? Our basketball teams, our football teams, volleyball, those, they, they become communities even within themselves. The student athletes are some of the best ones to be able to stand up and, and really in this very, very difficult time, share this type of information, push back on this type of anti-Semitism that's happening because they have such a strong community around them. That's great. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And we know in the end how this all plays out. And, and that is uh, wonderful to, to hear from you. Uh, uh, Pastor Dumasami Washington, we appreciate you coming by on the program. Uh, thank you so very much. Yeah, you're doing God's Yo. work. Keep it up. And I look forward to seeing you at uh, the football facility at UNC Charlotte, uh, Biff Pogge's team on January 18th. Oh, Absolutely, gentlemen. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to next week. All, all the best. God bless. Uh, we appreciate you being there. Let's do it. Hey, uh, uh, Coach, can no. you can you hand uh, TJ the uh, funky cold Medina? Yeah, I got it. Uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, on ice? I, I don't know if he takes it on ice. Oh, no. straight he, up? Room temperature? Like he likes his gold schlager? 70457. It has real gold in it. It has real gold in it. Wait, so if I just buy a bunch of those bottles and then sift them... It's a lot of work, I, get, I can get rich. Oh, just... Yeah. You ever eat a peppermint patty? I don't like peppermint patties. Really? Yeah, I've, I've had one or two. Mm -hmm. Usually, yeah. It, it, it's good for uh, breath freshener. Well, I just go with banaca. If you got the... Oh, that... Mm. <laughs> Do you remember the drops that you used to be able to put on your tongue? No, I, I didn't have to do that. A, bu a buddy of mine... My breath didn't stank. A, a buddy of mine... <laughs> reached into his pocket and, and put it put it in his eyes thinking it was Visine. Oh! At a stoplight. At a stoplight. <laughs> you had smart friends, huh? Yeah, the car just drifted. He said it just <laughs> drifted to the right and hit a curve because he was blinded. <laughs> he goes, he goes oh, hold on a second. Oh! And it was just one eye. So, one eye. you know, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, that was a great conversation with Pastor Washington. Yes. And um, people are wondering... Where do they get coaching with you? How can they work with you? Coach yeah, Dan? thank you. I, I'm an executive coach, keynote speaker. Um, I, I work um, uh, with with leaders in small to mid-sized companies. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm a Vistage chair, which is the oldest executive coaching organization in the country. Um, the best place to go is my website, DohertyCoaching.com. That's D-O-H-E-R-T-Y Coaching.com. Big stuff. I uh, appreciate you being on the show today, man. It's always a pleasure, and we we just a phenomenal conversation with Pastor Washington. It, it, he he, he was right on. I love his knowledge mm-hmm. and his approach. Um, knowledge is power. Mind for the truth, man. That's all I you know ask young people or anybody. Just find do. the truth. That's what you got to do. Uh, great stuff. We got another great hour straight ahead. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number four underway. Good to be with you. Our telephone number is 704-570-1110. Everything that we've been talking about uh, across the uh, last three hours is fair game. If you want to uh, call in, check in, have a take, let us know what you think. Uh, more than happy to do it in case you uh, you missed the, uh, the reveal earlier. Uh, Nick Saban retiring, retiring from the... Uh, uh, Alabama football program, and you know who knows what the future is going to be there. Uh, Hunter Biden uh, came in and uh, sat down at the uh, at the committee hearing today that the, uh, the 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 debate about holding him in contempt of Congress, and he sat there for a couple of minutes, and then he ran out, fled the scene. Uh, you had that happening. Um, you also had a uh, a markup of. Uh, the hearing for the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. And if you missed it, uh, one of your favorite candidates uh, has dropped out. Uh, Chris Christie is out of the race. So that means if you're a Republican voter or you're leaning Republican, um, your your choices now are uh, still Vivek Ramaswamy, Donald Trump, Nancy, uh, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. No, not Nancy Pelosi. I'm kidding about that. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. And so tonight on the Fox News channel, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer are going to have Donald Trump on uh, for the hour. And they're going to be talking uh, all the issues that are out there. Uh, in addition, if you're if you've got uh, the ability to see CNN, I don't know if you do. I don't know what your circumstances are. You'd be able to watch a debate between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Uh, and so we will we will wait and see because we've got Iowa coming up here in a minute. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. Here's one of the things that's uh, important, I think, about the the Iowa caucuses that some people may may or may not understand. So. When you go to an Iowa caucus, when you go to a caucus, it is different than when you go and participate in a primary vote um, at, at, a, at a particular location, right? A primary vote, if South Carolina, North Carolina, you walk in, you, you, you pick your candidate, you submit it just like you're voting for the city council or anything else like that, boom, and you wait to see what the results are. When it comes to the caucuses, Participation is mandatory if you want your your vote to count. So you will go at eight o'clock at night in Iowa and and, and meet up, uh, you know, in the cafeteria of the school or the gymnasium of the school or in a multipurpose room at the hospital or wherever it is. And you will go into a room where all of the candidates that are available are represented in that room. So you'll have uh, over that corner is Trump. 
Uh, over in that corner is Nikki Haley. Over in the uh, other corner is Ron DeSantis. In the other corner is Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, you will go in, and in this place where you are, you will go stand with the candidate you support. Now, here's where it gets kind of freaky-deaky, or down and dirty at 1130. You are at your precinct. So I want you to think uh, in North Carolina or South Carolina, you know, how you go and vote and you kind of see your neighbors. You might know some of the people that are there, it's precinct and all this sort of stuff. Well, in these uh, smaller communities, everybody knows and the bigger communities, everybody knows how you voted because you're standing with a candidate. And so one of the concerns, it's not a concern that I have, but it's a concern that's been expressed is, so what happens if you show up and your pastor is there or your neighbor next door is there or the kid, the guy that coaches your little league kid coach thing is is there or your boss is there or uh, whatever else, somebody from work is there. Well, they're going to know how you voted. They're going to know who you uh, stood for. And so can that be intimidating? Possibly. Is that going to potentially increase turnout for a particular candidate? Well, we were talking about this with Beth Troutman, and she says that you know she was making observations about the way the caucuses work and things like that. One of the things that I think we're going to see manifest itself, number one, it's going to be like minus 20 uh, on on caucus day uh, in Iowa next week. Uh, number two, I think the beneficiary because Chris Christie has has dropped out of of the race. Chris Christie is not is not running for president anymore, and he's recommending that uh, the, his supporters go to Nikki Haley. Basically, I think Donald Trump is probably going to win the caucus. You know who I think is going to come in second in Iowa? I, I, this is my speculation, and I'm, I can live or die with it. I think it's going to be Ramaswamy, and I'm going to tell you why. If you walk in, and you've got the Trump people over here, and you've got the Nikki Haley people over there, and you've got the DeSantis people over there, and then you've got Ramaswamy over here, who is going to give you more of a hard time? Well, the Trump voters might give people a hard time if 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 they have their neighbors and their friends going for Nikki Haley, because you got to be able to stay there and stand in that corner until everything is counted. Uh, they may give you a hard time if you're going for DeSantis. I think the safe bet, if you don't want to vote for Trump at the caucus, but you you you, you don't want to support DeSantis or Nikki Haley at the caucus, I think the safe bet is Ramaswamy. Because I think Trump activists are going to look at you and be like, well, all right, okay, I get it. I get it. You don't like Trump, but you like Ramaswamy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I think that's what's going to happen. I think Ramaswamy's going to surge. Remember, the Trump voters are highly committed. They've been committed since 2016 for the most part. I think Ramaswamy is in that same camp. I don't know how committed, even though 
the governor of uh, of of the state of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, uh, came out for Ron DeSantis. I don't know how how hard and firm that's going to be. And then you get into the conversation with Nikki Haley, who I think is the antithesis of of Trump, uh, and Trump is the antithesis of Nikki Haley. So who knows how that's going to play out. But those are my observations. We'll take your phone calls, your thoughts. You could totally disagree. It's all great. I, I love the conversation no matter what. Talk 1110 wbt Brett Witterbull Show. Let's take a call from Pete. Hello, Pete. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. What's going on? I know on? you go back with Rush Limbaugh, and one of my fondest memories of Rush was the Hawkeye Cockeyes that oh, came up every four years. Huh? That's right, the ca- the Hawkeye Cockeye, 100%. Oh, man. <laughs> I, miss, I miss him. I miss that. Hey, I, I agree with you on Ramaswamy, maybe for a little different reason. Sure. I, I think right now, Brett, we just got to say that the smart money's on Trump, right? I mean, right. It just it just looks like it's, an, you know, you never know. Agreed. But it looks inevitable. Ramaswamy's interesting. Right. Right. You know, I mean, the guy's interesting. I like the guy. You know, I don't know if he'd make a good president or anything like that, but he's interesting mm-hmm. and he's fun. And, you know, but we're talking about second place. Let's have a fun guy there. You know, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway. Well, here's the thing, though. OK, now. But but here's the thing. He has also innovated. OK, if, if we yeah. go back, if we go back four years ago, uh, if I'm sorry, if we go back to 2016, Trump was an innovator in the ways he was campaigning. And, and we, those rallies, those were like rock star shows, right? Those were, those were uh, entertaining. I mean, he, I, I think where Trump may have lost a little bit of his fastball, and it's a very small comment, um, was he, he, he was a lot funnier. He was goofing and joking around about the, uh, the, the, the different candidates and things like that. He, he does yep. tend to fall into this woe is me from time to time and and i understand we got a lot of challenges out here but he was an he was also an innovator he innovated he had he had the arena show and he had the uh the lounge show at the same time ramaswamy has done the same thing in in a in a slightly different tangent people come up and get in his face and he just has conversations with them and 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 he disarms them it's unbelievable what he does desantis is tight uh, Nikki Haley is, I think, fairly stiff. Uh, it doesn't mean yep. doesn't mean that I would, you know, choose Biden over them. But the fact of the matter is, these innovators are 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 carving new territory out, which I think is huge. I, I think you make a great point, I, and I, I think basically they just wore Trump out. I just <laughs> yeah, sure, they, sure. They've beaten the guy up so badly. Now he, he's just, you know, he's he's. Uh, he's looking for a little bit of payback, you know, and I can't blame him from a human standpoint, but from a political, mm-hmm. you know, it might wear thin. But I, would, I think Ramaswamy probably maybe has a future. We'll see what he does. But yeah, um, it is going to be it is going to be very very interesting to see how this all plays out for sure. Absolutely. Hey, I, I, talk with you. Man. I appreciate the uh, the uh, the Hawkeye Cockeye reference absolutely, there, man. Absolutely, brother. Wait, okay. Way to go, buddy. Thank you so much. You got it. Um, gosh, those. So I remember once upon a time, this was great. This was, this was great. So I was working, I was working with Rush. And so it would have been the race for 2000, 2000. And um, two candidates who were kind of on the margins uh, called in. And basically what they were doing was the one candidate was saying, 
there's a rumor going around, and I want Rush to know that I that that's not true about me. And then the other guy called and said, you know what? This other guy is a really bad guy, and here's the deal. Now, neither one of these guys were polling higher than, like, 2%. I mean, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. And as, as we were kind of talking about it behind the scenes, you know, we were, we were looking at it, we're like, does anybody even support these two guys? Like, these two guys are not really on the radar for 2000. I mean, this is kind of weird. Should we even talk about it? And and ended up that Rush didn't want to talk about it because he said, why are we going to, like, break a story or a non-story uh, that's not going to go anywhere anyways because these, these guys have, like, five votes each. You know, I mean, that's it. And that, you know, that that's what happens uh, in a lot of places when it comes to media, okay? Uh, you have people, I mean, you've noticed nobody is talking to RFK Jr. now. RFK Jr. has disappeared from the scene. Once Joe Biden decided he wasn't going to get Secret Service protection and, and all the other stuff that was going on, um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a foregone conclusion that no one's going to really take him very seriously at this stage of the game. I think... RFK Jr. has got an opportunity to make an inroad, and I think it's going to be an inroad that's going to dig up a lot of votes uh, on the Democrat side that may end up costing Biden. I mean, I, I, I think RFK Jr. Is, is really mad about a lot of things, and uh, I think that's going to be a factor in this, in this conversation. Stan, welcome to the program. How are you, Stan? I'm doing great today, Brett. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I have a question, and I, I just if you just heard just the headlines of this story, <clears throat> you probably think I oh, just another just another news article. But uh-huh. there's a case where somebody got convicted in 1976, 44 years ago. Yes, and they were just uh, well, actually in 2020 is when all of this happened, but it's just now coming to light. But there was something that really struck out with me about this whole case. You're talking about the Ronnie Long we, case, right, Ronnie Long? Right. The, correct. This is according to a press release from his attorneys. He earned an additional $3 million from the State Bureau of Investigation as part of a settlement. Right. As a result of the SBI's role in hiding evidence yeah. from, Ms., from Mr. Long and his team that proved his innocence. Right. I, I, but, uh, is, is anybody there still got a job? Where's the federal government to come in here and clean up? Oh, no, 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 they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Look, he, he served 44 years in prison. After being wrongfully convicted for rape in 76, 1976, okay, th- th- this this is this is terrible. Uh, this is atrocious. This is, it's government cover up. And, and 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 if I if I was in prison now, and I had any and, and I had anything about my case was even remotely related to the yeah. FBI, yes, I'd be filing for a new trial today. Well, okay. So here's here's the thing. This is exactly the kind of case that you would expect. Um, the Department of Justice to come in and look at and maybe get a consent decree or something like that. Why do you think, Stan, that that's not happening? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Because it would dispose the uh, no. corruption all across the whole judicial system. No, 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 no. Who, who is, who is the governor of North Carolina? Roy Cooper. You think, you think, you think they're going to come? You think they're going to come after him? 
No. You, of course they're not. They're not going to sink one of their own, and a guy who's going to potentially be a vice president for uh, for 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 uh, Gavin Newsom come uh, twenty twenty eight. I mean, come on, no, no way, man. They're not going to. They're they, look. There's a reason why I call it the Just Us Department. They are the Just Us. They they watch out for their own. They don't care about social justice in true form, and they don't care about about uh, getting getting people uh, wrongfully who were wrongfully uh, convicted uh, freedom. And that is disgusting, and it's it's horrifying at the same time. Uh, well, bro, I appreciate your show. Just wish we could do something about that. But we'll, hey, oh, hold on, I got to ask you a question. Can I ask you one last question, Stan? Sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you care? Do you care about the race that happens at the the L.A. Coliseum? I think that race is terrible. What What do you think about that, Stan? No, you know, I, I don't know why they would put anything in L.A. if they're NASCAR. Yeah. Not NASCAR country. I, you know, honestly, I don't even think the fans that they're trying to court doing that or what's worth courting because they're never going to be NASCAR fans. Amen. Right on. Plus, you'll get mugged if you get uh, half a block from the stadium. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you, buddy. That's Dan. Tonight, News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Chris Christie has dropped out of the race for the presidency of the United States. Uh, I would look for him to potentially show up as... Uh, I don't think he'd be a vice president. I don't think he's going to be a, a vice president for anybody. Uh, like, I'm thinking about DeSantis. I'm thinking about Nikki Haley. I could see Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis teaming up in one way or another. Uh, they haven't really hated each other so much. Um, but I could see Chris Christie as the attorney general in one of their administrations. I could see him going in there and becoming the attorney general. Um, he has uh, he has been the most vocal critic of of, of Donald Trump. Uh, but if you're just going to run on a case of negation, which is essentially what he was doing, I am going to run to stop Trump. I am going to run to prevent Trump. I'm going to uh, critique Trump. It's a one note Samba uh, at, at, at some point here. OK, so that doesn't really work for you. You have to have an affirmative vision. You have to have something that you are advocating for that people are going to be interested in. Now, if you think about the two biggest issues that Trump talks about, um, they are they are the border and they are the economy. The border and the economy are hugely important things. The fact that President Biden's team decided they were going to claim Bidenomics as the mantle of, of a presidential run is insane. Back in the day, because I remember I was alive, I remember the coverage when the term Reaganomics was used. It was used in a derogatory way to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan at one point saw the 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 the, um, saw inflation go up. He had a little recession at one point. There was a lot of concern that Reagan's uh, economic picture was not going to work out, but he cut taxes Um, And it it ended up being an incredibly productive uh, decade and a half until you got to the the tax hikes that George uh, H.W. Bush approved. Right. When he said they're going to come to me and they're going to say we're going to raise taxes and I'm going to say, no, you're not. And I'm going to say we're not going to raise taxes. And that's what's going to happen. And then I'm going to say to them, read my lips. No new taxes. And the minute he broke that promise, 
He was finished. That's why he was a one-term president. Using Reaganomics as a moniker was a dissuasive argument against Ronald Reagan. That's why the Democrats called it Reaganomics. They still use the reference, right, where they go, oh, trickle down. Trickle down doesn't do anything. Trickle down doesn't do anything. Well, no, you know what does something? Letting people keep more of their money by cutting taxes. So what is Donald Trump going to have to do the very first thing other than closing the border? What is the first thing that he has got to do? He has got to go to the Congress and the Senate, and he has got to make the tax cuts, the JCTA tax cuts, permanent because Yellen the felon, Janet Yellen, your Treasury Secretary, prior to that, your Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Fed chair, she wants to blow up the tax cuts. The only reason we are not in a depression in this country right now is because the JCTA tax cuts are still in effect, but they're going to sunset in 2025. Well, wait, wait, Brett, why, why do the taxes... Why do the tax cuts sunset in 2025? Good question. Because stupidly, stupidly, we sunset tax cuts, but we don't sunset tax hikes. You never, the the, the default position in Washington, D.C. is, hey, we have to have a tax rate of 35%. And then you have somebody come in and they go, okay, we're going to cut the rate to 28%. And then they go, okay, but it's only going to be for like eight or 10 years. And then it's going to sunset. You're going to have to reauthorize the tax cut. What's this reauthorize the tax cut? Why, what do you have to reauthorize? We have to make, we have to ask permission to keep more of our money. That's hoo-ha. That's nonsense. That's, that's, that's wrong all day long. But that's what Trump's going to have to do. If those tax cuts had not been, uh, if those tax cuts had been repealed, which is what Joe Biden wanted to do because he hates all tax cuts, um, this economy would be, we would be, we would be dead meat. It would be unbelievable if you raise the taxes. Now, here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. You know, we have inflation. Everybody knows we have inflation. Joe Biden was saying, well, we got to, 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 uh, we're going to, you got to pay your fair share. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the rich got to pay their fair share. They're cheating. The, the rich need to, they need to, they need to pay a little bit more to make sure everybody uh, does well. That's nonsense. It, it's complete and total 100% nonsense. You want to know why it's nonsense? Because you had inflation break out. You had two opportunities to stop the inflation. One, stop spending too much money. Number two, raise taxes. Because what that will do is it will sop up more money out of the economy. But what does Joe Biden do? He's so concerned about inflation. He's so concerned about gouging. He's so concerned about that, that he spends $132 billion to bail out people's student loan debt. You know what that is? When you pump more money into the economy, when you government print more money into the economy. Do you know what that is? That's inflationary. What is inflation? Too many dollars chasing too few goods. If I send you a check to your house for $50,000, are you going to get up and go to work tomorrow? If I send a check at $25,000 to you and I go, it's stimulus, spend it. Are you going to go to work tomorrow? No, you're going to sit on your couch, you're going to watch TV until you run out of money, and then you're going to go get a job. 
This is the problem with inflation. And so when Biden runs around and says, oh, Bidenomics, Bidenomics is working, Bidenomics is working, Bidenomics is not working. Bidenomics is making you poorer. You can have, you have a choice. You can have wide open borders or you can have, you can have government spending. You can't have both. It's impossible. It's impossible. Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ himself, understood the guns and the butter analogy you can have guns or you can have butter but you can't have both these guys keep trying to have both and what they're going to end up with is a real mess as long as trump stays where he is on the issue of the border and on the issue of the economy he's in a spot that he can defend but he has to be disciplined and he has to be focused he can't go chase every dot on the wall like you're messing with your calico cat. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull Show, final segment. Yeah, I think uh, I think I got the I think I got the guy for Nick Saban's uh, replacement. I think I got the Nick Saban replacement here. I think it's going to be Deion Sanders, and he's going to leave Colorado, Rocky Mountain High, Buffalo Land, and maybe he'll make his uh, way uh, over to uh, Alabama. How would you uh, Alabama fans like that? Well, I'm a little confused, Brett, because I seem to remember earlier on this show you saying the way to fix the Carolina Panthers yeah. was to bring in Dion. That is true, but, but, but na- now it's impossible. But now it's impossible. Yeah. Now you, it's a much better opportunity to coach. It's a much better opportunity to coach at Alabama, which is a guaranteed win for sure. Than to coach sure. a former quarterback from Alabama. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, I, I'm I, just saying. I mean, I'm just I have to be an honest guy here. I mean, I'm going to spit another name out for you. Maybe we've said it already. I don't know if it was on the air or not. But what uh, what about Jimbo? Oh, Jimbo Fisher. No, Jimbo Fisher <laughs> got seventy two million dollars to do nothing. Exactly. So okay. the Alabama won't have to pay him. No, right? that's this he got seventy two million dollars to leave like. We dislike you so much. We are giving you $72 million. Now don't come back. Yeah, but that's Texas A&M. They're weird. A&M. They do, they do weird stuff getting ready for their games. Let us, let us remember the great, con- the, the, the great contributions of Johnny Manziel. There was a pretty good doc jo- that jo- came out. Johnny Football. Johnny I football. mean, I'll say this. He beat Duke in a bowl game. I, I'm sorry. He did that. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. They they beat who? In a, Duke. In a, I think that's about the peak of his accomplishments is beating Duke in like the Mayo Bowl or whatever it was. You know what? Just for that, he never won anything else. Here here's here's my dream pickup. Okay, here's what we got. Okay, we we got Deion Sanders coaching Alabama. Okay, and his defensive coordinator is going to be Ed Ogeron. Oh, oh, dude, goodness! The Bayou, Whew. the Bayou comes to the. I mean, forget it, man. I mean, this is this is. You've got, you've got some dangerous ideas. i got some very dangerous ideas. But see, I'm a visionary. That's, that's why I talk about politics all the time. Because I'm a visionary and I can envision uh, things that, that are happening out there. 
I can I can see these things, uh, and 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 it's you know it's it's important. By the way, earlier today, uh, and by the way, I want to I want to uh, I want to uh, forgive you people. Uh, earlier today, um, I, I felt like you got a little chippy with me regarding my position on Lloyd Austin, uh, I, and so I'm I'm giving everybody a uh, I'm giving everybody an amnesty uh, f- from from uh, the way you guys came at me a little bit. I, I, I'm just that's all I'm saying. So so you're you're all forgiven uh, until tomorrow. And we'll see what ends up happening uh, between now and tomorrow. Okay, here we go. This is big. This is big. Double Big Mac comes to McDonald's this month. Double Big Mac coming to McDonald's this month. So that's what, like six patties on the on the sandwich? Big Mac lovers can soon make it a double in some markets. McDonald's will offer a double Big Mac beginning January 24th in participating restaurants for a limited time. As you would expect, the sandwich has double the amount of all beef patties, four patties, with more Big Mac sauce, along with pickles, lettuce, chopped onions, but not, whoa, not twice the cheese. You get one slice underneath the lower pair of patties. You, so you get one slice of cheese on this thing? One slice. That's where they drew the line? One slice. That's absurd. You get, I mean, this feels, I'm not going to lie to you. Me reading this sentence feels like it's dirty. Like it feels like a dirty sentence. Yeah. You get one slice underneath the lower pair of patties? Ooh. Who wrote that? Mm. I, I don't. Ronald? Why wouldn't you say the bottom patty? It's under the bottom patty. That sounds a little better. Where's the cheese? Under patty. McDonald's did not immediately reply to questions about pricing or which markets might get the sandwich. Wait a minute. See what they should do. This is what they should do. They should randomize the The markets. No, randomize the sandwich. So that you pull up and you're all like, a Big Mac. Boom, and like a Willy Wonka movie, you get the golden ticket, and now you got a double patty. You got a massive Mac. But what's going to happen is they're going to drive back around, and they're going to be like, one slice of cheese? I need more than one slice of cheese. This is insane. What's wrong with you? Can I get extra cheese? Can I get, can I get the, cheem, the cheem creams? I mean, how, how do we... The what? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's an homage to, uh, to the guy from Boston. Okay. Um, <laughs> the double Big Mac has been sold in Canada and Great Britain. I'm out. Why did they get it first? Thank you. I'm out. Those are socialist countries barely in NATO. They're barely... Like, they make fun of us for eating Maccas, What are you doing? Say. What are you this doing? Ridiculous. You bring it to us first. You don't bring it to Canada can yeah. have it if, later. If you got any absurd fast food things you're trying to try out and you don't start it in the US, what are you doing? I don't know what they're doing. They That's don't nuts. they don't even know what they're doing. Clearly not. Come on. They're only giving you one slice of cheese. They're not doubling the A cheese. A slice of they're cheese clueless. but four patties. We can't afford the cheese. Well, cut back on the patties. Maybe just three patties. You know what you do? Take two patties together. Put a slice of cheese between them and then crunch it down so it's you got a, like a liquid gold Ooh, in there. Oh, I like that. I like that. Elsewhere, this is new. This is new piece of information. Okay. You guys are going to like this. You seem like the types that would enjoy this. Miller Lite. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Stupider than the double Pig Mac? <sighs> Miller Lite released non-alcoholic beer mints for those participating in Dry January. You know, sort of on that subject, you know what I saw an ad, like a, I saw a post on Twitter or something about today? 
What? Non-alcoholic White Claws. You know what those are? Seltzer waters. I was going to say. They already do that. That's like seltzer water. That's, yeah. That's all, they already make those. What are we doing? What are they, where does the alcohol go? Uh, I can't answer that. I mean, can you, could you just purchase the alcohol? Like, can you just get the, I know you're c- cooking the alcohol out of this. Where do we get a jar of White Claw flavored alcohol? That's what I'm Oof. saying. So can Asking a, the tough question. Can a mouth mint taste great and be less filling? Miller Lite is betting so with their new beer mints. Billed by the longtime light beer brand as having the same great taste as Miller Lite, only without the oh. beer. The new beer mints, $5 for a tin of 40 beer mints, go on sale online at MillerLightBeerMints.com on January 12th, while supplies last. So it's just a mint that, that tastes, tastes like, like beer. Light. That tastes like that's disgusting. That is, I'm not eating. You're that. right. That is that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Wait, at so, least today. So I'm gonna walk into work having guzzled a, a whole bunch of beer mints, and they're gonna be like, "Have you been drinking?" Nope, just minting. Just minting. That's wow, what's wrong with these people. See, Who comes when, up with this? I, when you started that, I felt like it was going mm-hmm. a nefarious direction to help uh, sort of disguise people who have been drinking, like mints mm-hmm. for beer to disguise the beer smell. Yeah. But no, they're mints that taste like that smell taste and, and taste like beer. Smell like beer. That's correct. Mm. That, that, that's that's correct. Finally, there's this because you guys need to know this information. It's very important information. Girl Scout cookies now on sale for 2024. Oh. Um. The 2024 theme is unbox the future. Don't don't cookies. allow the girls to be you know kept in the box. Is what they're saying. Uh, the 2024 cookie season will march on without the popular raspberry rally cookies. I never heard of those. Never heard of those. Not that popular. Wow. I'd rather have some of those Miller beer mints with an extra slice of cheese, please. Oh. Uh, thanks so much to Isaac and Tommy and the coach and of course TJ and Anna and Pam and Pamana. It's always great to have you guys here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.